Hey, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Jacob Smith, and I'm here with... A.A. Hey, hey, Ron Zimmerman. Absolutely. And we are uh, the, the co-hosts of the same old song, the Mockingbird Lectionary Podcast. And uh, every year, um, well, uh, we, we need to make an appeal. And if somehow this has moved you or touched you in a meaningful way, we want to encourage you to make an end-of-the-year gift to Mockingbird Ministries. We do this standing uh, on the shoulders of a great team of folks in Charlottesville, Virginia, and around the world. Everybody from our audio engineer to the people that handle the social media and the posting of the episodes and all the stuff that goes into this, uh, to say nothing of the entire team of Mockingbird and all the stuff that they bring you, the conferences, the magazine, the, the website, um, all that Mockingbird does in proclaiming the gospel in fresh and creative ways. We need uh, people to do that work. And um, if you, at the end of this year, can make a gift to Mockingbird of any size, it would be hugely helpful and mm. would make a real difference. All those gifts go straight to Mockingbird. So just go to ember.com before you listen to this episode and you can click through and in the time it would take you to microwave a baked potato, you actually less time, mm. you could have made a real Absolutely. gift to Mockingbird. Absolutely. Even a, even a hot have... pocket. I mean, mm-hmm. a bring biscuit. a little Chris, bring, bring a little Christmas cheer to Dave. So uh, make your donation uh, today. And thanks for all of you who already support. And thanks for listening to the podcast. Now here we go. Advent three, gird your loins. That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Advent 3, or as some places are calling it, Advent 4. How do you feel, Jake, about people moving the first Sunday of Advent Mm -hmm. to be more conducive to uh, scheduling around Thanksgiving and and Christmas? The fact that (laughs) Advent 4 is on Christmas Eve. How do you feel? I had no idea there were such heretics. No, I um, I know. Jesus. (laughs) Is, uh, I would say, turning over his grave, except it's empty. There is nobody in Jesus' grave. I mean, then you missed up today's also called Steer It Up Sunday. So, yeah, Steer um, Up Sunday, yeah, because of the mm-hmm. collect, which we'll get to in a moment. So, Before that, though, how are you? Well, we're hanging in. We're knee-deep in a, knee deep in the season of Advent around here. And so, uh, as uh, every clergy person knows, uh, this is kind of final week's uh, final week, uh, like completely amplified. So, you are getting ready for all of the services. You're working on a budget, um, you know, keeping the vestry cool. So, uh, you know, cool running. So yeah, the, yeah, that's what we're the, doing, cool running, as they as say. As the mom in um, Christmas Vacation tells, tells the daughter uh, in the first Christmas Vacation movie. Um, <laughs> Can't believe there were like four. I know. Eventually and not like Chevy Chase was like gone. the only repeating character. Everybody else, <laughs> the actors changed. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know what to tell you, honey. It's Christmas. We're all miserable. So, Uh-oh. yeah, there's, there's definitely oh, a lot uh, going on this time of year. I. I had a moment because I've got so much in my brain. I thought you were talking about Home Alone. So no, anyway, but you're right. No. So yeah, Home Alone two, starring who? Home Alone three and four. The United States, Donald Trump. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, a lot going on in this, 
in those movies. Mm. Um, there's this really funny movie, or like a little, it was, I think it was a Family Guy clip. It was like, imagine Home Alone, but the robbers were competent. And so they come <laughs> yeah. into the house, and the first one says like, yeah, the, be careful, this doorknob's really hot. Um, so when I touched it, I immediately let go instead of holding onto it for a long time, thus burning myself. And then yeah. the second one's like, yeah, watch out for all these little cars on the floor. I wonder what's going on with that. <laughs> and then uh, Kevin shows up and they just take him out immediately. So anyways, wouldn't be a very good movie then if that were the case. That's uh, great. Well, should we do this? The Let's third Sunday of Advent, which is, as you've said, uh, stir it up Sunday because the, or stir up Sunday because the collect begins with this great urgency of stir up your power, O Lord. It doesn't, um, doesn't. Uh, have any small talk at the beginning almighty god thou who hast created the heavens and the earth none of that I just goes it. like please help us immediately stir up the stir up your power lord and so in some places they have recipes based on that use of the verb stir and that in recipes involve a lot of stirring so if you'd like to go home after church this sunday and make some pudding by all means uh go ahead but it's also rose sunday the pink candle etc etc I had a family member uh, text my family thread. Um, this person is Roman Catholic and just said how their priest was talking about the four Sundays of Advent and how they mean like peace, hope, joy, love. I was like, uh-uh. The old, the old school teaching, the four last things, uh, what is it? Um, judgment, death, heaven, and hell. And so this- Oh Sunday, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. I didn't know the that. The fun ones, the fun ones. Then they got all like, Hallmarkized, so I said I would mm. call her priest and set him straight, which I yeah I believe the I I blame the seventy nine prayer book committee. <laughs> Just kidding. There's nothing in there so, about Advent wreaths or candles or what Sunday means. So, which Sunday no, it's what. great. But anyways, but, but this um, is typically this is also seen called as like the lighter up. Sunday. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and wasn't this the day that you began to stir up your pudding like back in the day? Yeah, yes, we just said. For Christmas. Yeah, that oh, time where you that, well, where you blanked out, you were checking email. your no, I was, your stocks. I was finishing Tetris. So Jake is big on defense stocks, so it's been a good 2023 for him this year. Do not say that. He's all in the Honeywell Northrop Grumman, and just kidding. Deeply I'm, offended. I'm trying to get Jake's goat, and I was successful, listeners. Yeah. Let me tell you, you just well, got, all, uh, got all red. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me, Aaron. So, but anyway, um, Jake's wearing black. Uh, that brings us to our reading. So his face was red. It looked like a like a like a tomato on top of this like black. Uh, mm. All right. Everybody knows that you're the warmonger amongst us. So anyway, uh, uh, Jesus was Isaiah right about something. 60, that old peacekeeping stuff. I don't know. It's getting it. You're pushing it. So <laughs> let's get to the Isaiah readings. 61 verses one through four and eight through eleven, and then we have First um, <clears throat> Thessalonians chapter five verses sixteen through twenty four. And then we have John chapter 1, verses 6 through 8 and 19 through 28, uh, really uh, focusing in on uh, John the Baptist. Yeah, all this all this verse skipping going around. I don't know if I approve mm. of it, but we'll, we'll just mm -hmm. have to deal with it. So, Those are the same people that changed the candle names. Advent <laughs> <laughs> candle uh, gate. Um, all right, so Isaiah 61, uh, this is uh, the famous passage that Jesus uh, quotes when he begins his ministry, um, and he goes into the into the into the synagogue, and he opens the scroll and reads from this: Jesus, the Messiah, is here to send. He's he's been sent to bring good news to the oppressed and bind up the brokenhearted. So um, this passage, from a Christian understanding, has has long been about Jesus Christ. Um, uh, 
but as we are in this theme of Advent, um, where or in this season of Advent, where one of the themes is really kind of um, waiting for relief, waiting for rescue, waiting for someone to come and help us some, when we can't help ourselves. Um, there's there's some of that in this passage here, uh, and so if I were preaching on that, it'd be it'd be something about noting that we are people who mourn, we are people who feel captive, we are people who experience mourning and a faint spirit, and we're waiting for somebody to, to come and rescue us. It's those those themes of repair and restoration um, is what I would harp on. Um, mm-hmm. Are there things that you would want to to get it in this in this passage, Jake? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that you could, uh, you, there's a lot that one could hit on in this regard. Um, it's important to I mean, this is the passage that Isaiah, that I, um, that Jesus quotes when he speaks of himself, you know, in that uh, very famous, um, basically one-line sermon today, this uh, sermon has been fulfilled, this, this scripture has been fulfilled in your, your uh, hearing. And so, um, you have to remember that the context of this particular is that the, um, the exiles have come home and uh, they find that um, basically, you know, God has made it all possible. Um, well, man, their life isn't easy, and uh, maybe neither is yours. If you want to read the details of Isaiah 61, you can take a look at Ezra and Nehemiah. But um, this always creates a massive crisis of faith when God doesn't appear to be operating the way we want him to operate. This is why Jesus says, you know, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing is because, wait, wait, are you kidding? You're the one who's come to do all of this stuff? And so um, the pat, uh, this uh, particular uh, text is very important, and it's important to remember when you preach on this text that you're not talking about people out there, like you know we got to, you know, help the blind over there. But you, you know, you begin to see when this is talked about in the context of Jesus that the prophet has a broader context going on. Uh, you know, who in our congregation, and even maybe yourself, you know, isn't feeling, I've got these mushroom gummies that don't seem to be working. And so, but anyway, I got on Amazon, it was like supposed to calm your anxiety. And it's he's totally, holding them take up. a he's, picture he's for that. Not speaking take a picture for Instagram. I can, I'll see. Yes. Hold on. I keep so, holding but, them. Okay. Got yeah. it. Yes. Now we're going to, we're going to get our first podcast sponsor. I can feel it. Yeah. Anyway, so, but, you know, I mean, who isn't feeling like oppressed? Who isn't feeling blind? Who isn't feeling like, uh, like life kind of sucks? You know what I mean? Brokenhearted because of a family situation, a prisoner because we're wrestling with some sort of addiction. And what this uh, passage is about is when you look at it in light of Jesus is that, man, well, Christ is the one who's come for you. And uh, none of these things like blindness, oppression, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, the brokenhearted, none of those things can separate us from God in Christ Jesus. And he has given us a promise during the season of Advent that I will be with you and never leave you or forsake you. And it's when that gospel promise is preached with such clarity that it has the power to like take the human heart and like we've just prayed, stir it up and uh, bring it to life. Wake it up, as was the word on the first Sunday of Advent. Um, exactly. And I think the, the, it's important to note that as the collect says, it is God who does the stirring up. And that's mm. echoed in this passage here, Isaiah 61. So many Advent sermons are about preparing and getting ready because Jesus is coming. And so get your act together. And this passage is all mm. about people who didn't get their act together. And I mean, 
God does the work. And that's why at the end it says, um, God has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered yes. me with the robe of righteousness. Um, and, and it talks about the Lord God at the end, verse 11, the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up just like a garden, um, um, you know, plants just shoot up. So it's, it's, you know, no gardener in the world can go out there and make her or his plants grow. This is something God does. And that's what this is saying here. So to the people who are And this is what he does to the church. And and worn, yeah, this is, it's God is the one who acts. And that's the hopeful message that just as God mm-hmm. has raised Jesus Christ from the dead, which again, this verse 11 is kind of about that, like as a, yep. you know, things that grow, new life coming from death. Um, he is the one who will bring about the, 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 the rescue that we in so desperately Amen. need. So, uh, yeah, that's Isaiah sixty-one. I think we've I think we've done it, Jake. Yeah. All right. Well, well now, now we come to the now we come to the next reading, First Thessalonians chapter five. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I, I always say think rejoice. About that yeah, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, even when people cut you out in traffic or you get a really difficult email. Or I mean, that's the hard stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah is that working everything. for you? Yeah, I know it's working great, Jake. I'm a priest. How dare you? Um, yeah, uh, this um, this is a, a, a passage. This is the end of Thessalon- First Thessalonians. So this is Paul giving his kind of like you know parting shots as he's as he's heading for the door here. Um, <laughs> and so he kind of hits all these like bullet points. It's like do this and do that and do this and this other thing and oh yeah do this. But the reason this is in Advent reading is. The Advent readings is verse 23 here. The, may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely and may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So again, Advent is not so much about a preparation for Christmas, although there's some of that. It's really looking at the second Advent, the second coming of Christ. And so that's what this verse is about. Jesus is coming back. And so what do we do? What do we say? Does Paul say, get your act together? No, may the God of peace himself sanctify you. May your mm. spirit and soul and body be kept sound. He doesn't say keep sound your spirit and soul and body. He says may it be kept sound. And in case you didn't get it in verse 24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. So it's a great statement of God being the one who acts. God is the one who does it. And um, again, so many people, preachers throughout the land will read verse 16 and 17 and will just tell, will give their people law. Rejoice, people. When it gets tough, rejoice. Uh, put on your too blessed to be stressed baseball hat and bumper sticker, and you'll be fine. Pray without ceasing. Just pray more. Pray more. Give thanks. Make a gratitude list. Make some bullet points. And all those things are helpful. And I'm not saying no one should ever do those things. But I'm saying if that's all your people here, sort of motivational speaker Jesus, they've already they already know that. They know that they're supposed to, you know. You know, gosh, if America has told its people anything, it's like, be positive, be optimistic. Uh, the glass is half full, always. Um, they know that. The the thing that is the miracle in this passage, and you always want to preach on the miracle. You always want to preach on what God is doing in a way that's surprising, that they haven't heard before. And what the, the surprise, the good news in this is that um, Jesus is coming back and God is the one who will make us ready. God is the one who will do the work Absolutely. Us, as it says in verse 24. Yeah, and to build on that, I mean, like exactly what you said. I mean, it's it's Jesus, the one who causes us to rejoice. And this this phrase, rejoice, it's you know this idea. It was it's connected to the festivals in Israel, where uh, in the Old Testament, where they would remember the mighty acts of God and how He saved them. 
And the first time that this is like actually really used in the in the New Testament is with Mary and the Magnificat. And, uh, you know, my soul doth magnify. I rejoice in the Lord. And uh, and uh, what are they rejoice? What I mean, what does this woman have? You know, she's going to be a, an unmarried pregnant teenage mother. What is she like? What this isn't this is this is a burden. Well, it's the rejoice and giving thanks in all circumstances because, um, well, we are rejoicing in what God has already done for us. This is why he says, do not despise the words of the prophets, because the prophets point to what God like promised to accomplish. And so, and then therefore we can test everything because there's always the temptation like to make it all about me. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, <clears throat> for me personally, I always have this like vision in my brain of what, and in my heart of what success should look like. And when it doesn't, especially as a pastor, when that doesn't take, take root, I get like really, I, I can get really upset. And I'm like, where are you, God? You know, I and mean, that happens more often than not. And, uh, but what and becomes the enabling agent to hold fast to what is good and abstain from every evil, especially when I'm going through something and I'm like, why, God, am I going through this? And you've got people in your congregation that are going through things that are causing them to wonder whether God's really good. You know, uh, this is all possible because uh, God has fulfilled the prophets in his son, Jesus. And, uh, and in fulfilling the prophets in his son, Jesus, he's been faithful to all of his promises, namely that he will save you from sin and death. And so uh, that, uh, your eternal salvation, you may not make it to next year or through the next quarter, but you can rejoice always because your salvation is secure in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is why um, uh, the God of peace then begins to sanctify us, conform us into the image of his son, Jesus, entirely. Because oftentimes that takes the shape of, a, you know, of difficulty and, and trouble in this age. And so, but good, the good news of the gospel is, is he sanctified you in, in the midst of your rejoicing, in the midst of troubles. Well, you know, uh, you're going to be blameless before the Lord because you've been given his righteousness. And uh Listen, man, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do this. <laughs> you know, everything in my eyes says maybe not. But this is why, preacher, what you're doing is so important, because what you are doing is giving the people Christ in the midst of their suffering and assuring them that he is the one who's faithful and he's going to do it. I think uh, as we turn now to John 1, I want to rename Stir Up Sunday to Monergistic Sunday. So, yeah. because one of the things that we've said in the Isaiah reading, the Thess Thessalonians reading, and now the John reading is this, um, the one-way action of God. So much mm. preaching and approach to Christian spirituality is synergistic, meaning God does God's part and we do our part and together we make beautiful music. Uh, if you ever hear churches with mission statements or a sermon that talks about quote unquote cooperation with God, that's synergism. And I'm again, yes, yeah, I guess yeah. that happens. But um, if it, if it's up to me, it's probably not going to work out. Um, and if it's if if God, you know, it's fifty percent me, fifty percent God, it's like, well, you're. I'm sure God's going to do His part, but you may be disappointed with with my contribution. So um, I'm not saying God doesn't work through us. Send your angry emails to Jake. Um, yeah. But uh, that's but that's no. You just you've made the clarification perfectly. Yeah. Well, uh, you who were dead in your trespasses and sins have now been right. made alive in Christ right. Jesus. You were dead, dead so you didn't do anything. Dead people don't do jack, except and in so, a thriller. Uh, 
and other zombie <laughs> Indeed. movies. That's an amazing, uh, that's an amazing dance act. It is. They're but, dancing. Unbelievable. Um, but I think, I mean, but, in this passage. But it's so, God working through you. That's yeah. what we're talking and about. And so that's what we've said in Isaiah. That's what we've said in First Thessalonians. God is the one who does the work. And our our work is to believe in the one whom God has sent, to rest in Christ, mm. to trust him. And he is the one that does it. And so we see this in John. John, the important thing to to help your congregation know is this guy, John the Baptizer, this is from, and you know, don't assume that your congregation knows that John, for whom this gospel is named, and you know, somebody's going to stand up and say, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. And then somebody's going to say, the reader, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And like 80% of your congregation thinks they're the same person. So you might want to say that this is not St. John the Evangelist. This is John the Baptizer, whom this passage is about. But uh, so after you've clarified that point, what you want them to know about John, the baptizer, is that he is not enough. Now, he's coming to say true and right things. He's coming to be the final prophet that will warn people to stop their sinful ways. You've got to change your evil ways, to quote Santana, is what John the baptizer is going to say. Um, Make straight the way of the Lord. That's what he says. But even John the baptizer notes that he is not enough. He says in verse 26, I baptize with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who's coming after me. I'm not worthy to untie the thongs of his sandals. So someone is coming after John to do, to do more. Because if, if all it was were people being told to get better, then John would be the last character in the Bible. But he's not. Jesus comes after him to do the work. So this is this is the fulfillment of everything we've been hearing about. God is the one who will rescue. God is the one who will save. God will do it. And he does it by himself in his incarnation as the, in the second person Amen. of the Trinity as Jesus Christ. Um, uh, this is how God works. And so that's, I think, what's important to, to emphasize. God is the actor. God is the agent. God is the is the um, is the subject. God is the one who does all these things. And so um, you, you see this here. So monergism Sunday, uh, meaning God is the one way actor, not synergistic action yeah. where we work together. But God is the one. God is the one who acts. And John the yeah. Baptist knows it. Yeah, I have a very blue collar reference uh, for this uh, particular. You know, and just thinking about it, and uh, you know, it is. Uh, the, uh, I mean, to rejoice in the Lord always is on one level to know your role. <laughs> so, and your role is the passive agent, and uh, God's role is the active agent. And um, you remember um, uh, The Rock, the great wrestler, and uh, now, um, you know, action star, but he used to have this, uh, when he was a wrestler in WWE, he would always have this, such a blue collar reference, but he would always have this thing and he'd go out under the, you know, into the ring and march around. And then he would say, know your role, Jambroni. <laughs> and uh, I used to think that was so funny. <laughs> Just laugh for hours. Know your role, Jambroni. Mr. Johnson. And so I when would I ask would you to say that, Dwayne mm-hmm. Johnson. And, and as a, as a bus boy, I used to say that to all the bus boys under. Were you know a bus your boy role, for Brony. real? But anyway. Um, Where were you a bus boy? Yeah. Tell more. Yeah, I want to hear more about this. For a couple of years. I did yeah. several different restaurants now. Several different restaurants and deep cuts. But anyway, this is, you know, they're like, who are you? And uh, John doesn't say, like, I'm, I'm a partner. I'm, I'm doing, cooperating you know with I mean? God. I'm not the Messiah. You know, what then are you? Are you Elijah? Because that was one of the prophets who was supposed to come. You know, the prophet. In, well, no, I'm not. But he winds up, he is. And then are you the prophet? This is the one from the book of um, uh, Leviticus that, that Moses was saying that the people of Israel need to listen to a reference to the Messiah. But he's like, no, no, no. I know who I am. And, uh, and uh, I am the, you know, but there's one. I point to the one who's coming. 
and I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. And uh, the one who is come, and this is the good news of Advent, the one who stirs up power, the one who becomes the enabling word for us to rejoice, is the one who indeed we are unworthy to untie the thong of his sandal. But uh, he becomes the God who uh, uh, not only unties the thongs of his disciples' sandals, but unties and washes their feet, and he goes low that night. And then he goes even lower to the cross, uh, where he suffers ultimate humiliation. And then he even goes lower than that. He goes to death, and he goes to the very gates of hell itself in order to save you. And this all began and took place across in real time, in real history, in the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Are you saying that Jesus Christ was the Jambroni who knew his role? Um, I wouldn't say he's the Jambroni, but he knew his role, and his role was all to save you. Well, so. to our fellow preacher Jambronis out there, your role is to preach the gospel, this good yeah. news that God has acted on our behalf and continues to do so, and will untie the untieable knots, will mm-hmm. rescue you from the paralyzed, stuck place of life, will will bring good news to the captives and set people free and all that, um, all that, and he will sanctify you. He's the one that does the work. So on this monergistic stir-up Sunday. Because God is uh, faithful. May, may God bless you. And, um, and Jake, to you, I just want to say, know your role, Jamperoni. Absolutely, you as well. So God bless you. Somebody's looking, somebody cares, somebody Thanks for listening to Same Old Song. Hope you found some gospel nuggets for the pulpit or for your life. If you like what you heard, leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts. Dave Zoll will be sad if you don't. Thanks to TJ Hester for audio production. And remember to keep that Bible by your bedside, ready to rock and roll.